Do you see whose name is everywhere? Rich Eisen. It's a persona for everybody. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And then what about the timing of this, Bruce Feldman? What about Urban? Because obviously USC doesn't have to make a move right now. If he is 0-9 or 1-11, or it wouldn't surprise me if he had, man, I don't need this. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Fox. Still to come. Oregon Duck Center Alex Forsythe. Two-time Oscar nominee, director Ken Burns. Plus, actor and comedian John Lovitz. And now, it's Rich Eisen. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Do not go anywhere. We've got two more hours of great sports talk and fun conversation with you. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We're going to talk movies, documentaries, and one in particular coming to PBS this Sunday, Ken Burns, one of the best filmmakers and documentarians um, ever. Um, He documented, as we know, the sport of baseball in the Civil War, and his latest subject matter is Muhammad Ali, a four-part series that starts on Sunday. A great conversation coming up with him. Uh, John Lovitz in Hour (laughs) 3. I can't wait to talk to him. The guy cracks me up. Tales of a Fifth-Grade Robin Hood is available right now on Tubi. Um, and then yesterday, uh, the, the passing of Norm MacDonald, shocking so many people. We've gone down a uh, Norm MacDonald wormhole uh, last 24 hours on YouTube. Obviously, we'll talk about that with John Lovitz in hour number three. The phone lines are open for you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. If you're on hold, stay on hold. Um, but uh, let's give out some money to a kid in college football. Let's do that. Why not? Why not? Uh, thanks to our friends, our partners, Rich Eisen Show partners at Gorilla Glue. Each week, we give out an award called the Toughest Player on Planet Earth. And we <clears throat> hooked up with Gorilla Glue saying, we want to give, in this new world of name, image, and likeness, we want to give a deal to a kid in college football that's not expecting it, doesn't see it coming, doesn't potentially already have one. You know, we might choose a quarterback, but maybe from a smaller school where name, image, and likeness dollars aren't pouring in. We want to give the NIL deal to a kid that's either A, not expecting it, or B, uh, does all of the tough work in an NFL, or pardon me, in a college football game, right? I slipped right there. Got my Sunday hat on. So we identified last week Jordan Davis, defensive lineman of Georgia, after he had a terrific game against Clemson. We called him up. We told him, you got the toughest player on planet Earth award with Gorilla Glue. And what do you get for that? You get a $1,000 check from Gorilla Glue and free product. Cash money. Yeah, cash money and then glue. Some tape, too. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> hey. Everything needs fixing, right? Lost up. Break. We called Jordan Davis. It was his first NIL deal. He hadn't had one. So that's, that's the idea. So who to give it to this week? Well, when you are part of an offensive line that strolls into hostile territory (laughs) like, say, the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio against the Ohio State University and you are part of an offensive line that racks up 269 yards on the ground which is the most by an opponent of the Buckeyes in Columbus since 2014. You hand the Buckeyes their first regular season loss since 2018. And you are sitting there as the center of the Oregon Ducks. And you grow great like that, like Alex Forsyth did. You are a Rich Eisen Show Gorilla Glue, toughest player 
on planet Earth. The big uglies. Again, not a sack pressure or a hurry in 145 snaps to start the season for the now fourth-ranked Oregon Ducks. Whoa. And, yeah, you're the Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. Okay. What does that get you? Glue? No. No. thousand bucks? No. A tat pat on the back? Of course. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Doesn't get you worldwide prestige. Now, Jordan Davis <laughs> did this last week. It's not part of the deal. I want this to be understood. The kid who we choose is not required to call into the show. No, definitely not. But each time, now, two times, the guy, the kid's like, you want me to call on the show? Like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. meet. Let's meet. So is our winner on the phone line, Chris? Yes, he is. And the man of the hour, the Rich Eisen Show, Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth for week number two that we've been doing this in the college football season, is joining us right now on the Rich Eisen Show uh, phone line, Oregon Duck Center, Alex Forsyth. How are you, Alex? Good I'm doing great, Rich. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely honored to you know get this week's uh, Gorilla Glue toughest player toughest player on Planet Earth award. You bet, man. We're psyched to give it to you um, for many reasons. Uh, first order of business is just you guys, you and your teammates, road grading for 269 yards in the horseshoe. What are what were what were you planning on doing that week? What, how were you able to execute like you guys did in the horseshoe? Yeah, you know, I, I think going going into the week, we uh, you know, we we had a game plan that was really run heavy. Um, we kind of opened up the playbook. Coach Moorhead really, really kind of dug down and and gave us a you know a really really good game plan. And you know, the guys around me, Ryan Walk and T.J. Bass, the the, the guards next to me, uh, you know, Stephen Stephen Jones, George Moore, um, Sala. And Dawson, you know, all the all the guys that played that game on the on the O line really you know, we buckled down during the week and it felt it felt different during during practice and during meetings. You know, the guys were really, really locked in and what we were doing and, and they're always locked in every week, but especially this week it just you know, it just felt different and you know, the physicality during during Tuesday and Wednesday's practice was was really unmatched and, and I haven't seen it uh, you know, that physical since since I've been here. So we really stepped it up a notch and and all the guys you know cj cj verdell had had a heck of a game travis died a heck of a game um you know we really got the run game going we knew as an offensive line it was it was going to be on us if if we were gonna you know end up getting uh getting a w there and so you uh and the rest of the team got that big huge win at ohio state what was it like in the locker room after the game yeah it was, i can't even explain it it was it was unbelievable um you know a feeling that that I'll remember forever, and I'll, I'll be able to tell my my kids about one day. It was it was unbelievable, um, you know, going into a hostile environment against you know a really well respected and, and a really great opponent in Ohio State, um, and going in and I know not a lot of people around the country thought we were going to come out with a win, so it it made it uh, you know even that much sweeter to you know get get the win and you know just celebrate with our teammates. Um, you know, we had some guys get hurt during the week and and guys get hurt during the game and. You know the guys. The guys who were behind them really just stepped up and and just you know played their butts off and and just showed a lot of, a lot of mental and physical toughness and resiliency. Um, so I, I was really proud of all my teammates. And one of the many reasons why we also uh, knocked on your door, Alex Forsyth of uh, the University of Oregon, is your story as well. We noticed on your Twitter feed it says "R.I.P. Dad." Mm-hmm. What's going on yeah. there, Alex? Yeah. Well, when I was, uh, you know, when I was 13, uh, my dad passed away and he was, he was my biggest supporter. Um, 
and my my idol really growing up and and I still you know idolize him and I try to live how he he would want me to live and and be a lead, as good of a leader as he was um you know he he was a great mentor and leader for me um and he really he really made me the man the man I am today so you know I, I try to honor him in in everything that I do and 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 just playing the game of football he loved watching me play so I know I know he was he was up there smiling down on me um when we got the win on Saturday was he a big ducks guy a big Oregon ducks guy yeah, yeah, we we grew up as as pretty big Ducks fans, so I remember going going to games with him when when I was a kid. So it's it's really special for me to you know be able to play, and he, he might not be in person in person watching me, but I, I know he's watching me, uh, you know, uh, upstairs. That's amazing, and I'm so glad that you're able to honor him the way that you are, and it's great for us to be able to honor you uh, as well. And another reason why we do that, um, and you could have guessed this coming, but. Uh, anybody that does what they did to Ohio State at Ohio State, get some glue from me. If I can, if I'm giving away glue, you get glue. I, I knew, you get I knew glue. You're a Michigan guy. So that's, that's, I, knew, I knew you'd be excited. My, my whole family's from Michigan. So okay, uh, so they're they, they, they were equally as excited. They get it. Oh yeah, you get glue. You get glue yeah. and 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 a thousand bucks from Gorilla Glue yeah. as part of the. I know. I know. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Is this really, your first? Really, really honored. Is this your first name, image, and likeness deal, Alex Forsyth? We. We actually did have a uh, a little NIL deal. Um, I guess I could, if, okay. if you don't mind me promoting it right Please? now. Um, okay. We have a, a T-shirt for the Oregon O-line that's, that's on Twitter. Okay. Um, you can find it on my Twitter. Okay. Uh, at Alex Forsyth 75. Okay. All right. Um, and we have, it's it's right up there. It's my pin tweet. It's a T-shirt and all the proceeds, uh, they don't go to us. They're going to Food for Lane County. Um, which which raises food for you know underprivileged people in Eugene, Oregon. So if you want to check that out, go to my Twitter um, and just click on click on the link that that's on my pin tweet. That's beautiful. What a great notion. But I'm I'm talking yeah. about wetting your beak yourself. You're gonna get a thousand bucks and some glue. And guess what? Guess what? Because I understand offensive line and, and I understand that it's a group effort. Gorilla Glue is going to give your entire offensive line some free glue too. Everybody's got. Oh, it. let's go. Oh yeah. Let's go. That's big time. Let's that's go. Big time. I'm, I'm excited to tell them about that. Oh that, yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Gorilla Glue is like totally because uh, I, I understand the way it works. It's you know you obviously are, are centering this line, but there's a. The, I mean everybody was pulling. It seemed like and just slapping yeah. people around in Ohio State this past yeah, weekend. He, it was crazy. Yeah, you know we got we got a saying that's. Uh, we, we say five is one right before we, okay. you know, right before every single drive, we give we give each other's knuckles all at the same time. We okay. say five is one, and we just go out there and we roll. So we that, that that's how we do things. Okay. So that's 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 how we roll. Just be careful now, though, because with the gorilla glue, your knuckles might actually stick together. So hey, be careful. You know, that's, we'll, we'll okay. have to be careful be with ca- that one. We'll have to be careful with that. Absolutely. One. Thank you for mentioning that. Though. Of course, I'm trying to leave you in a better place, not just the thousand bucks <laughs> and the glue. So, do you need fixing around the house? You need stuff to fix, that you're going to be able to fix stuff. Like, what do you need fixing? You know, what do you think needs I'm, fixing? I'm sure. I'm sure something in my apartment. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I could find something that that I can work on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, maybe maybe when I go back home, my mom will have. Yeah. You know, uh, now now that you heard about this, uh, she'll make me do some chores around the house yes. or you know, fix something up that, that needs fixing. So, you know, she, she'll be grateful for that. So I'm sure she'll, she'll, uh, she'll thank you for that. Shower the glue. That's it, man, for everybody. It's going to come for, it's going to be just great for everybody. Alex Forsyth, thank you very much. Congratulations on being the toughest player on planet Earth with Gorilla Glue and the Rich Eisen Show. We're thrilled to do this. I can't wait to see how the rest of your season plays out. Congrats, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich. It was you, a pleasure, uh, pleasure having me on. Thank you, and I'm pleasure to have you for sure. Al- Alex Forsyth, 78. Everybody check out his T-shirt. 
and check out when he uh, posts him with the glue. It'll be fun stuff right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I mean, I have a new favorite college football player. This kid's amazing. Were they pulling all of them? Every last one of them, they were pulling, they're pulling center, pulling guard. Incredible. Boom. They were just hammering people. You said they're ranked number four. I didn't even see that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. They're four. Wow. I know that either. Ducks are back. Oh, and guess what? They got, they got a tough game this week, though. You know, they're playing Del Tufo? Stony Brook. (laughs) All the way out in Oregon. Stony, as in Stony. As in Stony Brook. From us growing up, Stony Brook. I think my brother played them in hockey, dude. In college, I cannot imagine oh, wow. how much money Oregon is paying Stony Brook to take a flight all across the country <laughs> to just get just waxed to lose by fifty I mean, by the yeah. gorilla glue, oh. toughest player on planet Earth, <laughs> yeah. and all of his teammates. Stony Brook, oh my it's god! It's funny you say that because I was talking to my friend Lisa, who's a huge Oregon Duck fan. She yeah. went there, and I was like, "Hey, we got a guy on your team." I yeah. told her about it. She's like, "Yeah, I just don't understand why we're playing Stony Brook next week." I was like, "They hey, are." Hey, this award, toughest player on planet Earth, is brought to you by our friends at Gorilla Glue, makers of high-quality adhesives and tapes. Much like the players this award recognizes, Gorilla brings toughness and strength to even the most difficult household projects and repairs. Gorilla Glue for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. Yeah. Now, look, um, there's obviously a, a new metric here in play. I keep mentioning we're looking for somebody who's not expecting it. We're looking for somebody who does a job that doesn't usually get much recognition. Right. Now, there's somebody that if you do those two things plus this one, puts you at the top of the list. Right. Oh, can I guess, Rich? Yeah. Beat Ohio State? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's check the schedule then. <laughs> and, Ohio State has? Or... <laughs> or or come up with a soundbite like this. Now, look, when we started this concept of toughest player on planet Earth, mm-hmm. we're like, again, we don't want to go to the most famous programs, even though we have gone to Georgia and Oregon first, but we've gone to, again, a position group that you might not expect to have a name, image, and likeness deal. Yeah. Now, defensive back or safety might yeah. suffice on that front, even if you're in Alabama, where I think every single player is getting some sort of an NIL. They're getting something. Just for waking up. They're getting something. You know, they might get a Folgers deal just for waking up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maxwell House, too. <laughs> something. You know what I mean? Okay. But, um, but, but there's only one where the best part of waking up. Right. Fair and balanced. Just saying, okay. Just fair and balanced. You know what I mean? I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but Jordan Battle, sir, we have got you circled. Our eyes on you. This happened <laughs> at the Alabama Crimson Tide media availability on Tuesday. Yeah, I've asked a couple of the other older guys about this, but do you have a favorite saying that Saban has, one of his little coaching, uh, you know, quips he has? Uh... Not that I can think of right now because he has so many, but there there are a few I like, and um, he always talking about touch D's or 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 you know a suck uh, suck on D's or all that. Charlie. What? Uh, I don't know how to follow that one up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, touch D. Uh, touch D. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now, what hold on a second. We, get ready to replay it again, Hoskins. <laughs> because oh. as always, re-rack. when something's so great, watching it a second and a third time, it's even better, and you pick up you pick on up stuff. On now listen. You know, we've talked about it here. Our favorite part of the famed Dennis Green rant: "The Bears are who we thought they were." is after the rant and he has cursed and he's hit the podium and the podium's askew and his hat's all askew and he's done with his rant. It's a long pause and you hear Mark Dalton, one of the best in the business in the media in the NFL or anywhere, say, pause. Thanks, coach. Matt Leinart will be next. Okay. (laughs) And again, we still haven't had Matt on the show. You got to have him on just because I need to ask him what it was like to go in the room after that. But... So give a listen. Somebody, I think, on the Alabama staff screams no as he's revealed oh, that. that Coach Saban yeah, heard, likes making a D's nuts joke or suck on D's. Okay. That's one of the all time greats in any sport likes D's nuts jokes. Somebody screams no. And then I think a member of the SID staff says Charlie, setting up the reporter who then says, Sure, like, Okay, give a <laughs> run it back. <laughs> yeah, I've asked a couple of the other older guys about this, but do you have a favorite saying that Saban has? One of his little coaching, uh, you know, quips he has. Uh, not that I can think of right now because he has so many. Here it comes, listen. but there there are a few I like, and um, he always talking about listen. touch D's or 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 you know. Uh, suck, uh, suck on these or uh, all that. Charlie. I think he meant encouraging ones like. Suck on these. I don't know how to follow that one up. He's Rock also so proud of you. We, we laughed so over it. Somebody <laughs> screams no, and yeah. I want to know who screams no. That's my favorite part about it. Can you get to the middle of it there, Hoskins? Start it in the middle. Go for it. I don't care if we I see like the carry at the bottom. Here, is. just listen. Just listen, guys. Not that I can think of right now because he has so many, but there there are a few I like, and um, he always talking about touch D's or 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 you know uh, suck uh, suck on D's or. All that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember from history of the world. Remember from history of the world. And no, and, yes. and and one of the you know when the the comedian when you die at the palace you really you die, die at the, the palace. palace. And there, he calls the emperor fat, and he screams, like, get off fat. Get off, Do get not. Fat. Get off. Get Ron Carey. Right? No, it's Ron Carey. Get off fat. Get off fat. That's like Brady's kid. Like, dad, no. Oh, my Lord. No, no. That was fast, quick, abrupt. I mean, like, no. No. <laughs> you know. What it do is your boy, Big Snoop D-O-Double-G, coming at you live from Los Angeles. I love and that. And my thing. DJ, DJ Mikey D. D is in these nuts. I would fit in with Saban like that. You would? Apparently. I mean, hey, Dan, Dan Patrick had Josh Jacobs on the show a couple years ago. I think he might have had him on pre draft or just when he began to start balling out in the NFL. And he asked him, like, you know, what's Saban like or whatever. And he's, he revealed that Saban apparently likes these nuts jokes. Like, he can't. <laughs> Like he, that's what he does in practice. I had no idea. I had no and idea. Who's ever going to take the real estate when he provides the real estate to you oh, to get God. a chance to interview him? 
Who's going to ask him, I heard you like these nuts jokes? Man, I will. I, have, I know how he's going to respond. Uh-oh. And why you had to press these nuts? I had no idea that we could say those two words together on this show because there's been about 10 times since I've been on this mic where I could have used a, 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 that joke well, and not, I didn't do it. Well, this is news. This is topical. Yes. This it's is topical. Germane. Yeah, but now that you've said it and the cat's out the bag, you can't like reel no, me back we, in now is what it, I'm it, saying. It, it, so. I think we can. <laughs> I think we can. And we must. But we... We, we're for the moment we're in a uh, <laughs> outside of this segment. It's a D's nuts free zone. <laughs> I don't think it's, <laughs> you notice I still haven't said it yet, and I don't think it's possible. It's going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize. How do you even set that question up with Saban? You're like, hey, coach. Hey, coach. I mean, so, uh, Rich, Rich, I like, can do it. I can do it. Co- what's the setup? Okay, so you're Saban. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rich is hey, coach. I was wondering, yes. did you see D uh, play last night? Which play? Did you see D play last night? What's D play? D's nuts. <laughs> I'm not saying to set it up. How did the defense I'm do? saying how do you ask him? Coach, What's your favorite? Uh, knock, knock. Yeah, coach. Uh, knock, I, knock. Who's, the, who's oh. there? D's. D's who? Everyone has different senses of humor, coach. And we've heard you have a particular sense, uh, particularly uh, mm. about D's nuts jokes. Like, can you explain your, the origin? Oh. Who's your favorite disc jockey? Rick, 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 who? Rick <laughs> <laughs> hey, coach, I'll tell you who my favorite disc jockey is. <laughs> right. Oh, nuts. man. This is content. Oh, it's content. <laughs> what we're doing now is content. I'm sorry. All right. My balls were hot. <laughs> right. Let's sort of break. Oh, By the way, God. now that we got it out of our system, it's not, Ken, though. Ken's burn. Ken Burns. Ken Burns. Everybody. Get this out of your system. We're about to talk about the greatest. We're We're talking about about the greatest. greatest. Yes. And this man. My sports idol. And PBS, where, again, (laughs) I don't know if they have nuts or D's on PBS. (laughs) Rich, I was watching Sesame Street this brought morning. To cage. Brought to you by the letter D. By the, D-Y. D is D's nuts. By the way, I think I have TJ's top five for this week. <laughs> I think Let's I got TJ's top five. Roll your break, Peacock. Serious. This Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Let's get serious. Ken Burns is next. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning. Or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Layla Ali here on The Rich Eisen Show. What was that memorial like? I think you? you're trying to make me cry on your show. No, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just messing with you. I, I, uh, I, I, I was crying. I know I was for days, quite right, frankly. Yeah, it's you know, hard. We had uh, a full week on this show, one guest after another from your dad's life, whoever's come across him, talk about it. What, what was that day like for you? It was amazing, you know, and it was um, surreal. I mean, there was so much going on. I saw people coming in from different countries, didn't even have a seat in the arena just to stand outside of it. And it just was like, wow, you know, how many people have been touched by my father? I mean, there's so much... There's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said, but even sure. for me, that was just like a wow factor. My, my, my children, for the first time, really came to understand like how famous their grandfather actually was. No kidding. I, yeah, because I remember the moment, you know, like, I shouldn't say I remember the moment, but I remember that I, you know, you know he's famous, but then when you really find out, like, wow, all of these people came here for him. Um, so, but I mean, there was just so much going on, but, you know, we've had to grieve, you know, after all of that kind of settled down as a family. But, um, you know, we, we feel like the whole world was grieving with us. So, and my dad will be missed, of course. Do you remember that time for you when you first realized, oh my gosh, my, my dad is world well, yeah, renowned and well, famous? Well, when I was old enough to start watching documentaries, when he could talk and, you know, just seeing what he, what he fought for and what he st- stood up for and just mm-hmm. understand, understanding what he put on the line, you know, and the sacrifices that he made, that's when I really started to respect him more. Well, look, uh, I mean, you're, you're, I'm not trying to make you cry. I'm really not. I mean, but what your your dad meant to millions, billions with a B, you can't really say that about anybody anymore. No. I mean, you could say that about your dad. You could say it about Mandela. You could say that about Mandela. You could say that about a pope. Mm -hmm, Right. That's basically who you could say that about in this day and age. And it's amazing because he just was a person who tried to help everybody um, did what he knew was right and stood up for what he believed in, you know? And, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, that's what really made the difference. Yeah. He was a great fighter, but it's who he was outside of the ring is why people love him so much. Right. And, and it's so difficult to do that though. It's easy to say, you know, about who you are and what you believe in and standing up for it all the time. But you find it's very difficult to do that in daily life or certainly athletes to do that in this yeah. day. And I see a lot. I see people do it. I try to surround myself with people who do do it on a smaller level, of course, but mm-hmm. just in your day to day life, you know, just taking it day by day and just having integrity and doing what's right. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of Muhammad Ali's. There's not supposed to be. And he was especially was chosen to be mm-hmm. who he was and to do what he did for the world. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Subscribe. Check out our entire archive. 
right here on The Rich Eisen Show on PeacockTV.com, Peacock TV, back here on The Rich Eisen Show radio network as well. Okay, we got it all out of our system, I think, because <laughs> uh, it's time to class to join up yeah. here, folks. Uh, there's a huge documentary coming up starting on PBS this Sunday night at 8 Eastern time, and the man who is putting it all together, I believe, Chris Brockman, is waiting on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Yes, he is. He's one of the best at what he does. The director and filmmaker and documentarian is back with a four-part series. Muhammad Ali starts Sunday, September 19th at 8 p.m. on PBS. Ken Burns here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. How are you doing? I am doing well. What uh, what attracted you to the subject matter, Ken? Well, this is co-directed with my oldest daughter, Sarah Burns, and her husband, David McMahon. We Terrific. did the Central Park Five film and... Jackie Robinson together. So in some ways, this is a kind of obvious choice. But a dear friend of ours, a biographer of Ali, most recent biographer, Jonathan Ige, just said as we were working on Jackie seven or eight years ago, this is a great story. And we, of course, went, oh, my God, how did we ever spend 40 years doing this and not have thought about it before? So we've just dove in wholeheartedly. And I think, you know, I grew up with him. I remember my dad telling me that he won gold in the in the uh, 60 Olympics when I was seven years old, uh, the, uh, the, the story is just beyond anything of our wildest understanding. And, and look, I should just say, there are a lot of documentaries yes. of Muhammad Ali, and there are lots of good ones, really, really good films, and we're not attempting to replace them or change them. We just noticed that they were about a specific fight or a series of fights or about a, a couple-year period. We really wanted to do Soup to Nuts from you know birth and boyhood in Jim Crow segregated Louisville, Kentucky, to death by Parkinson's not five years ago in 2016. So how, how does one approach an iconic figure that has been talked about and documented uh, his story in so many different ways, as you just pointed out? How, how do you uh, approach attack such an endeavor, Ken Burns? You, you know, I remember Shelby Foote said to me when I was working on the Civil War, he said, God is the greatest dramatist, which is a way of saying and then and then and then. So we just literally start at the beginning. Obviously, we're going to do deep research. We're going to read. We're going to try to find, and we did find in database, 15,000 photographs, four or 500 hours of footage of him and particularly interviews of him, that some of which have never been uh, seen the light of day since they were originally taken. Um, you know, home movies and, and stuff that definitely is from folks' garages that has never been seen before. The families called me up and said, wow, I never saw that picture of him holding me and saying, you don't you know your daddy's the baddest in the world so hmm. we feel like we did a good deep dive and then it's just working with scholars and people to make sure that we can not just animate the boxing story which is like the collected works of william shakespeare uh, but also this journey in faith uh just becoming a member of the nation of islam it's not enough just to mention it or describe what it was it's an ongoing fluid process of a young man finding something that gave some meaning to his life at that point and then maturing with it over the course of his life where he he sort of sheds it in order to embrace you know the the more orthodox the more uh, you know mainstream islam which the sect the nation of Islam was, and it's also about the personal life, four wives, you know, that means three divorces, uh, lots of kids, that means children of divorces, uh, money, uh, all of that sort of stuff. It was an attempt to have a comprehensive, integrated view of the whole of Muhammad Ali, and if you think about it, he touches every single 
single issue of the last half of the 20th century, the role of sports in, in the United States, the role of a black athlete, the definitions of black masculinity, um, about the, the dimensions of the civil rights movement, about faith, about religion, about Islam, about politics, about war. I mean, all of that he touches, and all of those themes are still relevant. So in the end of the day, you have a film I think that is about freedom. It's very difficult for a black man in this continent to escape the specific gravity of that circumstance. It's about courage. A young man in his 20s who says he's willing to stand up to machine gun fire rather than go against his faith. We took it as a political statement, but it was a faith statement to not fight in Vietnam. And then, of course, a very difficult topic, one that the FCC, a four-letter word that the FCC allows you and me to use, but we don't have a very good um, track record of actually talking about it in depth, which is this is a story about love. He dies the most beloved person on the planet after being in the 1960s and early 70s seemingly one of the most divisive people, because I say seemingly only because I think it's a lot of what was projected into him rather than what he himself did. Ken Burns here on The Rich Eisen Show. Muhammad Ali is coming your way to... Your PBS station starting September 19th, this Sunday at 8 Eastern, a four-part series. What did you learn about him? Ken? Everything. I mean, I thought I knew him. I, my whole life accompanied his, and, and I watched him. I met him. You know, I, I just think there's all of these dimensions. There's great humor. There's great pathos. There's great, you know, uh, tension. I, just You could take the first listen fight, and you could almost, you know, no Hollywood producer would, you know, buy it. Or the... Thriller in Manila, which in which he said he was close to death, or when he wins the championship from Foreman, when most people in his corner are worried that he's going to be killed, he actually destroys Foreman. Uh, you know, there's there's all of that, and then there's the, the the intimate moments where we sort of say, well, in that early period, all he did was brag and make jokes and recite poetry, and you know, I'm I'm so bad, I can drown a drink of water and kill a dead tree. When, in fact, there's several things that we discovered that were so thoughtful and wise that belied his age, belied the, the job that he was doing, the career that he'd chosen, and were speaking to sort of big, heavy things, you know. And I, I'm, I'm just stunned at the intimacy of, of who this guy, he knew early on. He put on boxing gloves, and within a few months, he's saying, I'm going to be the greatest. And everybody's going like, yeah, yeah right. you don't have anything. And he was the greatest. Or he'd say stuff like, well, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad doesn't want me to box, so I don't need to box. And the guy says, you give up boxing? He goes, yeah, I don't need to box, but I know I'm here for a purpose. And you could see that early on as a young kid. He knew he was put on this earth for something else. The thing that you know really struck me when he passed away, Ken Burns, was the number of people, and I'm not just talking about famous people, peers or people who covered him, the number of just regular citizens around the globe that posted photographs that they had with him, that, that he stopped and took photographs and talked to people, and everyone had a story. Honestly, yeah. like it was wild to me how much he got around, you know? It's crazy, Ken, he, you know? He, he the people's always champ. wanted to give that. I mean, when he says, I'm pretty as a girl, I'm, I'm beautiful, I'm black, I'm beautiful, we think it was a part of an unexpected braggadocio that up until that point, athletes weren't supposed to behave, and certainly black athletes weren't supposed to behave that way. But what he was doing was he was giving 
permission to people, black people around the United States, but oppressed people everywhere, the, the, the permission to feel good about themselves. And so he is on so many continents, continents Africa, you know, North Africa, Middle East, Asia, South America, as well as here at home, a beloved figure, and Europe as well, a beloved figure. And uh, as David Remnick, the editor of The New Yorker and a biographer of early Clay's life, just said that, you know, by the time he dies, he's revered almost like a religious figure like the Buddha. Everybody has that story because he took the time. It wasn't like, okay, we're done with the autograph session. How much did I make? Let's go. It was no pay, just here here I am. I will give you until you're satisfied. I met him once. It was the same way. It's just the generosity of spirit. It didn't matter. You know, it, it was just so pure. And uh, I'm, I'm still impressed with what he is. And having said that, Rich, you know, this film doesn't pull any punches about his failings. You know, they're all over and in every single episode. And he becomes aware of them and tries his best at the end of his life to atone. He feels there's a tallying angel and that the way he's treated women, his unfaithfulness to his wives, the way he cut off Malcolm X so abruptly when ordered to by Elijah Muhammad just before Malcolm X was murdered by the Nation of Islam, um, and also the way he had treated Joe Frazier by using, as the scholar Todd Boyd said, you know, the language of a white racist about his opponent. He said, this is the ultimate conscious black guy using the language of a white racist. He, and he says something that was a key for me in understanding Ali. He says, I just think in this instance, he used his powers for evil instead of good. And I go, oh, that's right. I'm, we're making a film about a superhero. That's what this is. Mm. This is a superhero in every sense of the word. The Marvel stuff is just, you know, DOA as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who lived a larger than life life that we can all participate in and take what we can from. It's not that, you know, the world had opinions of him. The world changed its opinions of him as he grew, and more importantly, we grew. And I think one of the great gifts of Muhammad Ali is he asked us to be different than we were. The uh, filmmaker, director, and uh, writer of uh, co-writer and co-director of Muhammad Ali, which is going to be on PBS four-part series Sunday, September nineteenth at eight Eastern time. Uh, Ken Burns here on the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, the few minutes I have left with you, I would be remiss if I did not speak to one of the greatest chroniclers and uh, documenters of uh, baseball uh, from that spectacular baseball uh, film that you put together uh, back in the nineties, uh, all the way through. Um, so. What do you make of Otani? Somebody yeah. who's what, I, I'd love to get your perspective on what Shohei Otani's putting out on the field right now. It, it's Ken. just so exciting because you've got a the obvious the shades of Babe Ruth, um, and you've got a kind of revitalized sense. Of, I mean, the game. Everybody's always willing to write baseball's obituary. I heard I had a quote in the film in the first episode of the baseball series in which. In 1858, they were writing the obituary of baseball. You know, some guy named Pete O'Brien was saying, oh, you know, they don't play baseball the way they used to when I was a kid. I don't mean the rules are different, but the spirit's gone or this is gone, you know. And we've been writing that obituary for so long, and it's always this ever-changing sense of surprise. And Shohei Otani just gives you this opportunity to go, 
this is why this is the best game ever invented. You know, it's not just that the defense has the ball. It's not just that there's no clock. It's not just that the human being scores, but that we have so many different personalities and so many different skill sets. As the greatest basketball player or one of the greatest basketball players of all time discovered when he tried momentarily to switch and could not hit a buck 85 in the national pastime, <laughs> this is a really tough thing to do, to take a bit of turned northern ash or now maple and hit at horsehide or whatever it is now coming at you at 100 miles an hour and deciding in a millisecond to hit it. And that the people who fail seven times out of ten are going to the Hall of Fame if they do that for 15 years. <laughs> it is great. Seinfeld once told me the greatest thing he thinks about baseball is that it's the only sport uh, where uh, it's the the equality, the, the democracy of talent and physique, that essentially somebody yeah. the size of Aaron Judge and the size of Jose Altuve are both MVP yeah. candidates in yeah, the sport. Yeah. And that's not true of football or, or hockey or, right. or basketball, right? I mean, you do have your spud web every once in a while, but look at Maddox. You know, Greg Maddox looked like an accountant, uh, Dan O'Krent said in our film. You know, it's like he, well, he should be coming off the mound with a briefcase, right? And he's one of the greatest pitchers of the last, you know, couple of generations. Now, I know you have to go, but I do want to shoehorn one last in here for your Muhammad Ali film. Give me the good stuff on Cosell. You got some good stuff on Cosell? Yeah, I think Cosell got, as David Remnick says in the film, he got... Cassius Clay, I mean, he's he, too long he bugged him by not changing the name. But at the beginning, he's pretty critical of him for the braggadocio, but he comes around and understands him as a kind of avatar of a new athlete. Not just a black athlete, but a new athlete. And I think they both, um, particularly Ali, who's a master showman and promoter, understood they could ride each other's coattails, even with the antagonism. At the heart of it, I think, is a deep love, and Cosell really understood the change agent that Ali was, and he came around him, and he helped a lot of us. I remember watching stuff with my dad, and Howard Cosell was the first person that gave me a, uh, permission to love Muhammad Ali mm. at a time when people were still just so uh, opposed to him for the change of the name, for the bragging, for the changing to Muslim, and all that sort of stuff. And then the, the anti-war stuff, I was, I agreed with that. But um, it, it, Cosell's an important part of this story, an important dimension. A guy from Brooklyn who kind of realizes that he can go far on this guy and this guy can go far on him and that what they're mm-hmm. celebrating is the essential humanity of both people. I love it. And I'm sure you've heard the Billy Crystal story of what Muhammad Ali leaned over and said to him and asked him during Cosell's funeral, right? You heard that story, Ken? No, tell me, please. He said, Billy Crystal says he's sitting next to Muhammad Ali at the funeral and the casket's right there in front of him and Ali leans over and says, do you think he's got his toupee on in there? That's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. That's what Crystal that's said. Perfect. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Well, I, I'm honored that I could give you a little tidbit after your, your documentary yeah. is in the can and getting that's ready to right. be... I, and I always learn stuff after the fact. That's Rich. all right. And you go, oh man, I can get that <laughs> in. You know, somebody told me that you know, the Parkinson's had taken over and that, that Ali was not pathetic, but just it was so sad that he couldn't get up at all the different uh, things at Frazier's funeral. And everybody was jumping up and jumping. Finally, at the end, he, he gets up, but he can't stop clapping. And Lonnie has to sort of stop the arms mm. from clapping. And I just, you know, they just broke my heart, just 
broke my heart. I cannot. The fact that Frazier never forgave him, Mm. even though Ali apologized to him. I cannot wait to see it. Ken Burns, thank you for coming on again, starting Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern on PBS, the four-part series, Muhammad Ali. Let's do this more often. I really enjoyed this chat. Yeah, I'm I'm there anytime. Thank you. That's Ken Burns right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Locked in, right? Wow. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I was looking over at you during the conversation like you're 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 in TJ. I know that I am. Yeah, definitely it's gonna be great. Yeah. That's going to be great. Maybe I'll do the double dip Muhammad Ali Bobby Axelrod on Sunday night. Ooh. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to wow. this one though, guys. Man, yeah, this like, is going to be Yeah, man. Like you know, I have told you guys before like my parents separated early, so I didn't really have a lot of sports stories with my dad, but mm-hmm. boxing was one of the things that we shared. So, you know when you read C-spot run books when you're a kid, you learn how to read. Sure. I didn't do that. Like my dad had an old chest full of ring and KO and boxing magazines. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, I'd sit there and I'd read, I'd look at these magazines and that's how I learned how to read was reading boxing magazines. No kidding. Yeah. So Ali was just, he's, he's my sports idol. When that, when Ali died, it was a Saturday morning. I'm going to be honest. I sat on my couch for like an hour straight and just bawled over a man I'd never met. And that's just, I think a lot of people had that feeling with Muhammad Ali and, and what yeah. it meant to them. Could, and again, like taking on a subject matter of somebody who's already been covered and documented in his life. I mean, like, what right. do you not already know about Muhammad Ali? And then he's like, well, we found photographs and we found video of him that even his family's like, where'd you get that? That's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. And it starts on Sunday on PBS. Well, Ken Burns is good at what he does, too. Yes, he so. is, sir. <laughs> he is. And it's a, it's a team effort with yeah. him and his family. Uh, let's take a break. Phone calls. We'll get to your phone calls. There is a major injury update in the National Football League. All still to come here on this show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, it's funny how things work out in life that, in a way, Pete Carroll might not be going for his second consecutive Lombardi Trophy with the Seattle Seahawks if it weren't for November 27th, 1994, when Pete Carroll was a head coach of the 7-4 New York Jets, yeah. went up against the Miami Dolphins, Look and my next guest here on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Marino, decided to fake spike. The Jets lost that game. Their last four games fired Pete Carroll. And here is Dan Marino sitting here at Super Bowl See, 49. It's all your it's, it's all, all, it's doing? all my fault, but maybe not, not my fault. Maybe it's really good for Pete. Sure, it's <laughs> your doing. Maybe it's your handiwork. I'm your one credit spike for, handiwork. You know, some credit for Seattle's success. Dan Marino is here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. Have you ever spoken about that play with Pete Carroll? Have you ever revisited yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you know, I've talked to Pete a little bit about it. And there were some other guys, some guys that coached with us, with Jimmy Kippen Brown was a running back coach. He's still out of Seattle now. Oh, yeah. Some other guys that uh, were on that staff. And yeah. what was and the, Boomer, what are the they, contents of that conversation? They, they, that, that we got them fired. <laughs> <laughs> so I claim to fame is I got Pete Carroll fired. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's funny. And, yeah. and, and it truly is amazing how things work out because he goes from there. He's a great football coach, yeah. obviously. I mean, that's just, you know, it was just that year, what happened that year for him just was uh, bad luck, I guess. Well, but in, in a way, too, you, you take a look at Tom Brady and what he has become is always yeah. from what, as, what, what built him. An adversity and, and things of what, what happened at Michigan, and he was sure. swapping out quarters and snaps with Drew Henson, and he was picked 199th overall. And he got his opportunity, right? You know, when Drew got hurt, right? What was that for you? What was that moment for you that you were always using as a fire for your career? You know, that- I think uh, not that it. I mean, at first, it probably was. You know, when I got drafted late in the first round, now I was still happy I got drafted in the first round, but there, there was teams telling me I was going to be drafted higher. Yeah. You know, maybe in the middle rounds, I end up being, you know, at the, at the end of the round. And there was a lot of teams that I thought they were going to pick me that didn't. So maybe that gave me that little bit of an edge. You know, I would say, uh, you know, when you're to, to work out and to get in the best shape of my life to be ready to go to be the quarterback for Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I would say that probably, you know, that, that was probably it for me as far as my pro career is concerned. What the, other, the other thing would yeah. be when I tore my Achilles. You know, I tore my Achilles and sure. to come back from that, you know, because right. taking, you know, sometimes you take things for granted in life, you know. And, sure. and I think at that time I played so many games in a row and for 11 years and all that and had a lot of success. And then I tear my Achilles and now I can't do what, I, you know, that I love doing for such a long time. and and wasn't sure I was gonna be able to play again. Right. And that, that kind of hits you right in the forehead sometimes too. And in many ways, if that hadn't happened, Scott Mitchell might not have been on the biggest loser I this got, year. That's exactly, can, well, I right? got, I, yeah. that, that, that slide got door, right there. He got paid. <laughs> he made some cash in Detroit. Happy 60th birthday to number 13, Dan Marino. Let's take some phone calls here on the Rich Eisen Show as promised. Manny in El Paso, it's been a while. What's up, Manny? Hello, gentlemen. How is everyone? This is the number one show listened to at work by me. Thank you, sir. (laughs) So glad you're healthy and back in your chair, sir. Thank you. It's on your mind. Well, I heard yesterday you were saying that uh, as a sportscaster, you want to put the fan in your your shoes. You do just that. Thank you. It's like Chris when he's opening up a pack of cards, Mike petting dolphins on the side of his boat. (laughs) I mean, come on. Weren't we all with TJ on the price is right? Didn't we all think we could win that car? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's the idea, man. And and we were all living and dying with him trying to be more entertaining than accurate. And, um, you know, that's all I could say. 
We've enjoyed the my popcorn, question, though. Well, I enjoyed it, too. But my question for you, sir. Yes. Who's going to upset you more this year, mm. the Yankees or the Jets? The Yankees went 13 in a row. They stumbled against the Mets. The pitching is shaky at best. And then yesterday, they're dropping bombs all over Camden Yards. And the Jets, well, they'll always still be the Jets. Mm. My other question is for my buddy uh, TJ, my fellow Cowboy fan. Let's go. Whom does he want as a backup quarterback for Dak? Uh, Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick? And why was in his name brought about when uh, QBs uh, were, were being looked for? Well, the only thing I know about Cooper Rush is that he's got Canada's greatest rock band on the back of his jersey. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. Well done. Yeah. And yeah. Pass, everybody. in playoffs. Baseball's going on. Hockey is next month. Gentlemen, be safe. Be kind. Always choose the middle key. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's a mic drop. Kaepernick's not happening. Well, you I know, mean, like, like, Manny, look, the thing uh, is, please. he hasn't played a game since, what, 2016? You can't, the, not the toughest position to play in sports. You can't go that in long. Dallas, too? And then like just Jerry, jump in and, and, Jerry's and be successful. Gonna, Jerry's going to be the one who brings Kaepernick back in the fold? It's just the timing. Right. You just, it's too long, too long, too much time has passed. Cam should happen. I mean, Cooper Rush is a, is a safety net that's ready to be sliced in half by by yeah. by the rest of the NFC East and the rest of the NFL, with all due respect to Cooper Rush. Yeah. I mean, which, look, as you know, is the least respectful least way to do it. If I possible. really respected it, I would have Stay done it in advance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so, if, uh, unfortunately, honestly, Dak were to go down, then sure, Cam. But I'd rather have Cam than Cooper Rush. Again, no disrespect to but Cooper. But you got to get Cam in now. But you'd have to get him in. Yeah, let's but get I, him up to speed. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not sure. But out of those two, I'd rather have Cam to answer Manny's yes. question. Well, that's when I said Cam was was cut loose. I'm like, the place that makes sense for him is there. I mean, what what quarterback situation would have to be so decimated for him to get a shot to start now off the couch in 2021? And again, I know you know Peter King had mentioned uh, he was on my um, he was on the the halftime show of Westwood One of Monday Night Football. Yeah, um, how'd that go? By the way, it was great. It was great. And just all I know is that the first game I ever did as a host of Monday Night Football turned out like that. So yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, welcome, right. America. <laughs> you're the Gus Johnson yeah. direct correlation. I'm the Gus Johnson. I know. After I did my halftime, it went off the rails. Um, but Peter King pointed out it looks like he's unvaccinated. Yeah. And that is a that is a factor. Like you're going to bring in somebody who's unvaccinated, who who now can be somebody who's possible to be out ten days if he's a close contact. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 something that you don't you have to add on if you're bringing somebody in in the middle of a season. And that was brought up in terms of Washington because Ron Rivera was his head coach when he first got out of Auburn. He was his head coach in his Super Bowl. MVP season, but once again, it's Kyle Allen's gig, not Camp's in D.C. Yeah. So I don't know when he's like, what What would have to happen? Like two quarterbacks would have to go out significantly to get Cam off. Let's call him up. Let's go right now. I think you're It's right. still early. It's still a little early. I, I just don't know what 2021 is going to look like for Cam. Well, the great thing is, guys, we've got 16 more weeks of football. Right, isn't that great? Seven, seven, 17. 17. Oh, 17. 17 more games. Seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. 17 more weeks. That's great. We're going to have to get used to it. Yeah. We're going to have to get used to a week 18. We're going to have to get used to, hey, stats are going to be different. Or the way I led the show that you don't want to start 0-2. Right. Well, how many 0-2 teams could have made the playoffs that didn't had there been Next game. an 18th week in the NFL? You get one more shot at it, 0-2 teams. That might change. 
Owen three might be the new Owen two. <laughs> I'm serious. Orange was the new black. You know, like Owen two might not be the death knell that it has been in previous years. Only thirty Owen two teams made the playoffs since 1990. Thirty, and none in the last two seasons. So there's that. John Lovitz, hour number three, a major injury piece of news in the National Football League that might affect your fantasy team coming up in hour number three. So uh, after after yesterday's show, um, I was going to do some uh, extra voiceover work for the epic show icons that I'll be doing this year. It's not uh, the grind this year. It's now a documentary, a one-hour documentary NFL films produced on all-time great football players. I voiced the first episode, Brett Favre. That's oh, coming nice. out. That's Which, how many jobs do you got right now? I got man? a few. Yeah, really? I got a few. Cow. I got a few. I'm adding on a plate. <laughs> but I got a call from Suze, you know, yesterday, and I'm I'm hurrying home because, as you know, we, we, we had a lot going on on our plate after yesterday's show. The reason why I bring this up is uh, Suze calls me up. She's like, hey, you haven't gotten your teeth cleaned in a while. I have this uh, appointment I can't make. Can you oh, go? nice. So I rearranged my schedule, and yeah. I went. I got to go. And I'm going, I'm sitting in the dentist's office, and, you know, there's a couple people behind the glass, but it's all really enclosed, and there's workers going in and out. Is it safe? You were happy. Yeah, we're all masked. No, yeah, that's yeah, not the reason why I bring I it up, go. but the, I'm sitting there in the waiting room, and it says there, please do not use your cell phone, you know, here. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm in the mode where I'm constantly looking at videos and I'm constantly trying to keep up straight, you know, uh, yeah, on yeah. stuff for here. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a video that pops up and I'm like, I got to listen to it. And I listen to it out loud, you know, try to put it close to my ear, but people heard it. And this was the video. Go ahead, roll it. Yeah, I've asked a couple of the other older guys about this. Do you have a favorite <laughs> saying that Saban has one of his little coaching, uh, you know, quips he has? Uh, not that I can think of right now because he has so many, but there there are a few I like, and um, he always talking about touch D's or 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 you know suck uh suck on D's or all that. Charlie. Charlie. So loud, I can't get you uh, I don't know how to follow that one up. Exactly. How do you follow that up? How do you follow that up? So let's just say I, I rinsed Touch and spat D's. before oh. I even get my teeth clean. Oh, my God. Oh my Touch D's. We got an update? Oh, Lane Kiffin oh. adds some <laughs> yeah. valuable insight on Saban's D's nuts jokes. Oh, Marlon Humphrey started it, huh? Marlon Humphrey, yeah. <laughs> Saban took it from there. D's nuts are a process. Good line, Joe Goodman <laughs> Jr. Good luck. Oh, man. All right. You don't even understand. Well, my battery's telling me to suck on oh, these. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Del Tufo. Good job. I, I blame I... you for everything bad. Just yeah. like my wife. You need batteries? <laughs> does for me. Yeah, right. he does. Hour number three coming up. We'll be charged. We'll be charged. <laughs> 